everybody to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast show with myself, Aaron, and Tom. Today, hey, we had to go overseas for this one. She's the one of the top wrestlers right now on the Northern Ireland scene. It's the one and only Sky James. How's it going? Thanks for having me, fellas. I'm really excited to be a part of your podcast today. Well, let's talk about your career right now, because in the last year, you started to gain a lot of steam. And for some people who don't know, you're known as the Rebel Rainbow. Talk, Rainbow to, us a Rebel. About, yeah, to talk to us a little bit about that moniker and how you got that. So um, with that moniker, I always considered myself a bit of a rebel. And um, I've always been with my wrestling career. I've always been out there about my sexuality. Um, because I feel like that way I can inspire other people maybe to get into wrestling or, you know, make sure that fans that are like me um, feel safe at the shows. So I kind of put the two together and just started calling myself the Rainbow Rebel as I feel it's a very good reflection of what I intend to be and what I feel like I represent in wrestling. Now, in 2020, you were rated as one of the top LGBTQ uh, wrestlers in the world. Uh, I think you were around in the top 80. Talk to us a little bit about that and what did that mean to you? It meant a lot because I didn't expect to see myself on um, the list because uh, the country I'm in, Northern Ireland, it's quite small to begin with and the wrestling scene's even smaller. So it's fantastic to see that um, I am known outside of the country. Now, over here in the States, um, there are a lot of areas that are still struggling with the acceptance uh, as far as pro wrestling shows go uh, that are, you know, based upon that. How is it over in Northern Ireland, though? Is it pretty receptive to that or not? Uh, well, from I've started, the, you know, there was a few um, bad eggs in the industry that, you know, they weren't with the times. Um, I did face homophobia training um, at one point, um, but luckily that company isn't around anymore. Uh, but I would say right now it's really, really good. Um, at the minute, the training school that I currently train in, we um, have a lot of um, new trainees that began um, a few months ago over the summer uh, when things started opening up again. And a lot of them are queer. So it's really good to see like how, um, how the industry's changing and how it's becoming more diverse and more accepting because like these um, queer trainees we have, like they came in and they've all felt so welcome that they are still there. And, you know, they, they're just a part of training just like everyone else. And it's really good that, you know, we have that. Like we're all just one community. Now, when you started out and started your training and things like that, um, was that a goal of yours to be so uh, open and create that environment to help others? Or is that something that evolved over time? It evolved over time with myself because when I first started my training, I was in date. I had, you know, kind of known deep inside, but I hadn't let myself accept who I was. So um, when I started, uh, definitely not. It wasn't something that I expected to do or even try to do. 
I think that's very, uh, very powerful and, uh, you know, a great, great way to use your, uh, your influence on others. Um, and I think that shows a lot about your character uh, to be able to put yourself out there to help others. So it's really cool to see that. Thank you. Yeah, I think in a, in a profession where it's characters and make-believe, sometimes us as fans just want people to be themselves. And sometimes the best character that you can actually give me is yourself. Do you feel that way as well? Yeah, I feel like with wrestling, like, you know, it is yourself and you just kind of turn it up by 10. I know it's been said a thousand times, but that it, it is a very accurate statement because I think fans want people that they can relate to. And like, if, if you yourself, then that's something they can relate to. Now let's talk about your earliest memory of pro wrestling. What was it and what kind of got you into wrestling? Um, well, when I, um, when I got into wrestling, it was back when I used to play my PlayStation 2. And my mum would used to go to um, the game shop and she would buy some random games from the um, discounted bin. And one day she brought home Smackdown Shut Your Mouth. And then that's kind of where my love for wrestling started. So then I kind of started watching stuff on YouTube. And, you know, the first kind of big wrestler I remember really falling in love with was John Cena. Like... Um, <sighs> You know, there's a reason that he's, he was the top guy for so long. He, you know, he has a way of connecting with fans. And at the time, you know, I was young. So I was the fan that, you know, he was targeted at. So fast forward to when you may have made the decision that you wanted to try to get into the business. Was there particular uh, wrestler or a particular storyline or anything that, you know, really hit home to you were like, I really need to try to do this? Uh, well, you know, there was a few uh, women that I really enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching Beth Phoenix. I enjoyed watching Natalia. But it wasn't really until, like, Paige came in and I was like, well, do you know what? You know, maybe I could do it because I wouldn't say that I would have been, like, you know, like, pretty like the rest of the girls like I, I was never in the matan and to be honest um when I was younger I wasn't even really in the makeup or anything so I didn't really relate to them that way but with Paige even though she you know I know she wore makeup and stuff but she kind of had this edge there and I like that and I, I could see myself being like her so I would say like after her success in WWE and stuff that's when I you know decided that I could maybe get into wrestling. Over here, a lot of people, they'll just, you know, in the larger cities, there's multiple wrestling schools around, you know, in the bigger cities like New York and Texas and, you know, Florida's. Did you have a hard time finding an actual wrestling school or was it pretty easy for you? Well, um, I started looking at wrestling schools around the age of 12 and 13. And there was a local school called Pro Wrestling Ulster. But they weren't um, taking anybody under 18. Luckily, when I um, just before I turned 16, I looked again and they were taking people at 16. So that's when um, I signed up. So it was pretty easy to find them. But um, 
they uh, they didn't last um, much longer after I joined because they were about for two years. And then after that, I had to go and find another wrestling school. And I think I've been in three different training schools since I started because I was in... Um, after PW went under, there was one called Respect that opened and I was there. That one's one I didn't really have very good experiences in. And then um, the one I'm currently in, Titanic, opened a few months after that. So I was training in both for a while and then I just trained in Titanic. Did you find your training to come easy to you? I know it's different than playing a video game and maybe jumping around on a trampoline or, you know, or wrestling around the house. Did you find it easy for you? Were you someone who was kind of athletic growing up or not? I um I did always love sports. I was always into my football and stuff. Um, and I did a bit of jujitsu, which kind of helped because um, with jujitsu, you learn how to fall. So like you kind of, it was easy enough to translate that into bumping. And then obviously uh, your roles and stuff. And uh, a lot of what I did learn in jujitsu, some of it, was bad because um, obviously in martial arts, you tense up when you do stuff or with wrestling, you kind of work with the other person. But I would say a lot of the Cheney stuff came easy for me, but some of the moves were a bit harder because I was um, quite small when I started. I was quite um, skinny as well. So as you progressed in your training, uh, is there, besides just the moves, when you look at trying to tell a story in the ring and building a program with another talent, is there people or things that influence you uh, to get those stories? Or do you find it something that you just kind of naturally do? Um, I always kind of, you know, listen to what my trainers have to say about um, when it comes to ring psychology. And I kind of take stuff that I see in matches they enjoy watching and if I think it fits the story I'll implement that in the you know my own matches um and then obviously like if I'm working with another talent I like to you know make sure that both our characters are doing stuff that is in characters otherwise the story wouldn't make sense and you know the crowd wouldn't be invested but I think um math psychology is something that's is really, really important because, like, people, I think, watch wrestling because not only do they want to see these cool moves, but what really gets them invested is the stories. And that can be a story in one match or a story in a feud that lasts, you know, a couple of months. You know, people like their stories. What's a feud for you that kind of, over the last 10 years in pro wrestling, as you still being a fan, what is a feud for you that has really drawn you in? I would say uh, Sasha and Bailey. Because, like, you know, even back in the NXT days, some of the matches they had was um, fantastic. I would probably say the Brooklyn one would be up there as one of my favorites of all time. Um, and in, even the way, like, that's evolved over time where – you know, they have fought each other on the main roster. They've tagged together. And I just think that, it. you know, whenever they do have, a, you know, a feud again, 
like it is one big massive cool story that, that they're gonna have throughout their careers yeah i think that whole and it gets four, me invested yeah i think that whole four uh horsewomen dynamic is really good even with the charlotte and becky and then you got sasha and bailey because they all brought them up at the at the same time they've all been champions there's this love for one another but yet there's this hatred for one another and i think overall they've done a great job at telling that story over the last six years they definitely have i think um long after they retire it's still going to be something that people are still going to be invested in i think it would be very much like how people loved Steve Austin and The Rock and they always go back and watch Steve Austin and The Rock. They just have that chemistry together. And it's very inspiring for an up-and-coming um, women's wrestler to see that. Now, when you look at the tra trajectory of your career now, do you have some kind of like bucket list, uh, like steps or milestones that you are looking at trying to hit in the next three to five to 10 years? Yeah, I definitely um, want to wrestle in more places in the UK because there's a lot of places that I haven't wrestled in the UK yet. And um, there's a lot of countries in Europe I would love to wrestle in. And eventually I'd love to come over to the States and Canada as well because, you know, Canada has a lot of good training schools. Like, I think some of the best wrestlers did come from Canada, like Natty Neidhart, Bret Hart, Edge. You know, it's there's just a lot of talent all over the world. And, you know, I want to also train, you know, in other countries as well. And I think one thing that should inspire a lot of overseas talent right now is for decades, the WWE... Uh, would only bring in foreign talent. Usually they'll be the master heel. But now you see the success of people like Sheamus, who's had great longevity, and someone like Finn Balor, who is popular all across the board, whether he's a face or a heel. Does that kind of give you inspiration? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, another thing is the fact that, you know, in the UK itself, there's that stepping stone with NXT UK that was never there. Like, to get signed, um, people had to, it was harder for people in the UK to get signed because you would have to wait until WWE was on a tour here and that's how people got tryouts. When I, you know, they they probably run it. I don't know the ends and outs of tryouts. I haven't had one, but I'd imagine with the amount of new talent you keep seeing on NXT UK, they're having more than one tryout a year. So you know, there's certainly more opportunities for UK talent to get into WWE. Now, who are some uh, UK talents right now that you would love to uh, mix it up with in the ring? Um, I would say definitely um, Debbie Keitel. Um, I would love to fight uh, Lana Austin because I think um, she's fantastic. Um, definitely uh, Lizzie Evo. I thought um, some of the stuff she's done is very, very cool. And um, I, um, I have fought her before, but I would love to um, get in the ring again with Aisha Raymond. One thing I absolutely love is the British strong style uh, part of pro wrestling. And, you know, to me, along with the Japanese style of Japanese strong style, it's one of the best in my opinion. 
So when you look at your career, do you fancy yourself more of a British strong style, a high flyer, or more of a technical? I would say at the start of my career, I was more of a high flyer because of how much smaller I was to everyone. But as I've evolved, um, so is my style. So I would say it would be a lot more technical. And I do use a lot more of the British strong style um, than I used to, as especially with my strikes, as I do like a good uppercut. Um, and then I definitely um, think that it's important to still be using the old stuff that you see on um, World of Sports, like the stuff that you've seen um, Jan Haystacks do, Big Daddy, um, even Finlay before he got signed to WWE. Um, because I find that, you know, people will react to that just as well as um, they will the flippy stuff sometimes. Now, how is it receiving that British strong style, though? I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's great when you're dishing it out, but how is it to actually receive that? Honestly, at a match, the adrenaline's going that much, you know. It, you don't really feel it. I will take your but word. But then, like, I am, from, I am from a tough neighborhood myself, so, you know, fights and stuff was kind of the norm for me growing up, so I guess I'm also kind of used to it. <laughs> Well, you were the rebel, of course, though. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> now, looking at 2022 uh, and the year that's about to come up, what is one go that you have for yourself in this next coming year? Um, definitely to um, keep evolving and, you know, you know, improve in everything that I'm doing and even improving in the stuff that I'm not so good at. And I definitely, definitely want to um, wrestle in more promotions and get my name out there more than it is because at the minute I only get to really wrestle in Northern Ireland and I want to change that. I want to be able to wrestle all over the UK and eventually all over the world. And one of those promotions is going to be Rainbow Pro. Uh, if you're able to tell me a little bit about that, go ahead. Um. All I know is that, you know, they're hoping to have their first show in the summer. And it's something I'm very, very excited to be a part of because I think um, having that representation and bringing everyone, you know, together, I think it's so important for not only the fans, but for, you know, the wrestlers as well. Like a show like that helps, you know, build a community in wrestling and, you know, It'll, you know, diversity is very important because I think wrestling's evolved more than just two tough guys in the ring. It, you know, you have all these personalities. You can have all these queer personalities, all these really badass woman personalities. And you can also have the, the little guys that can do all these flashy moves and really cool moves. I think keeping making sure wrestling stays diverse is very important and shows and promotions like uh, Rainbow Pro, that's only going to help things. Well, Sky, I believe that 2022, a lot of people who may not know you here in the States are really going to fall in love with you as the world continues to open back up. You're able to head out to more shows. I've loved everything I've seen from you so far. Um, before we let you go, tell everyone where they can find you at on social media. So on my Twitter and my Instagram, it's at sky underscore wrestling. Awesome. Awesome.
everyone make sure you head over to YouTube. Uh, there's a, quite a few matches of Skies over there. Um, you know, especially one where she was just telling you about. She's in the ring with Aisha Raymond. Uh, can't go wrong with that. Uh, best of luck to you in the upcoming year. And I hope you have a great holiday season as well. Um, for everyone else out there, we will be back later in the week with one more show. Uh, so be watching for that as well. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tees has a sale going on right now as well. Uh, what is it, Tom? Is it on the shirts? It is what? I believe it's 20% off on the t-shirts. 20% off on the t-shirts. And we do have our ugly Christmas t-shirt that we just released on Pro Wrestling Tees. Make sure you guys check that out. Why not have a Christmas shirt, uh, Christmas wrestling shirt, if you have to wear one this holiday season? Uh, pick up ours. And don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, Independent Road to Wrestler's Journey and Loving Casey Nelson at Barnes & Nobles. Uh, for myself and Tom, thank you so much, Sky. I greatly appreciate it. And for everyone else out there, we'll see y'all later in the week. Thank you.